Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our game changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. Hi, I'm Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. All right, we're live in three, two, one without Mac. All right, everybody. Welcome to West Point, Mississippi. A rainy day. It is a rainy day. The first part of February. The the groundhog saw his shadow. I was gonna ask you about that. He I didn't heard, see his shadow around here. I heard the groundhog died. What I, happened? I have not heard that, but I heard that we got six more weeks of winter. That's so to it, be expected. It'll be a while before we can get to planting some spring food plots. Well, the first thing on my mind is of course is they're going to gobble. They're going to gobble. That's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. They so. sure are. So, look, we've uh, this is going to be a fun one today. We've got the guys from Onyx. In the house. In the house. They're here from Montana. And then one guy's he's basically a homebody. Yeah, he's, he's talking from, about catfish, so you know he's from around mm-hmm. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So let me make sure I get everybody introduced, right? So we got Jared Larson. He's sitting at the end of the table. And he is – you're living in Montana now, right? I am, correct. Well, I appreciate you guys having us on. We're stoked to be here it's been a fun week hunting the Hayes family property we're still set on knocking a couple more critters down this afternoon after the podcast uh, sitting in the rain yeah but, well, that's right yeah. but yeah from Wisconsin originally uh white tails are definitely uh you know where my heart lies white tails and turkeys so I think uh we're all gonna get along quite well here we've got a a, a local Wisconsin here in the office where is Sam who knows? I've you know, heard a lot about it, Sam. He's yeah. from Kohler, uh, the whole deal. McElwain shoots big deer off his property. Yeah, yeah McElwain, you know, let me tell you something about McElwain. I think y'all met McElwain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he can zone in on a deer, let me tell you that. <laughs> that's oh, that's McElwain's new walk-in. What's the what he got from McElwain? <laughs> ah, yeah. That's, that's it. The count. It's, it's, uh, the countdown has begun. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. Look, let me get everybody introduced. Yeah. Sorry about that. Okay. So that's not a problem. So then we've got uh, Andrew Willard. Yep. And you're from Colorado, but you're living in Montana now. Yep. Just moved to Montana last summer, but grew up in northern Colorado. And, um, you know, I I grew up hunting whitetail in Nebraska and Kansas. Mm. This this country you guys have out here reminds me of that. The rolling hills and the... Nice thick forest. Yeah, y'all are down there in the Black Belt too in Alabama, so you got some some rolling hill and yeah. opening. Yeah, that prairie effect. Prairie effect. It'll, cool. it'll yeah. fool you sometimes. You think you're in Kansas. It's yeah. it's interesting. Well, the rest of the state doesn't really look like that. No, you can barely see fifty yards everywhere else. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Last but not least, we've got Todd I'm a Williams. Boy over there. Yeah, that's right. Now, now where where are you? You from Macomb, Mississippi? Where are you from? Not quite that far south, but. From the Jackson area, born and raised in Mississippi, and I've okay. uh, had the opportunity to, to go to work with 
Onyx, and it's been a been an adventure to say the least. Yeah. That's cool. Well, y'all, it's a neat company. We all use the product, and no doubt about it, and we love it. And you've probably heard the legend of Dudley from the Jackson area if you, right. you grew up down there. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows everybody down there. That's it's right. crazy how that works. Big family. So, y'all, this is y'all's first trip to the deep south, I suppose. Did y'all see any snakes yet? <laughs> Just hang around. They'll ghosts? be here pretty soon. Any, any, any ghosts? ghosts? Yeah. Hanks? No hanks. Long-tailed no cats? No cats. Nope. I haven't seen the cats yet. Well, you still got time. We barely got the southern experience, it sounds like. We're going to come, uh, come back. If you yeah. hadn't been bit or poked by something, you have to come back. Huh? Well. <laughs> Jared did get introduced to some pretty long thorns the other night. Oh, yeah, yeah you, guys, you guys don't lack mean things that uh, <laughs> like to poke you in the woods, that's for sure. Yeah. And, and I've seen the snake damage on, uh, on poor Fitz's eyes there, you know. Oh, it is for real, that's yeah. for sure. Well, so look, guys. Uh, so while you're here, sitting here, and we're we're going to be talking, I brought some, got some things that are very southern. Now, Todd, you, you're probably very familiar with this, so this is no treat for you. But we've got Coca Colas in in the glass bottles. Oh, look, that makes all the difference in the got world. Got some uh, homemade go. fried pork, pork skins. Skin. Homemade oh, pork skins. Yeah, y'all need to eat those. We got some peanuts to go with those cokes. There you go. And then the the to, just to kind of put the icing on the cake. We got some uh, oh, some hot, hot sticks, hot stick sausages. Ooh. All right, so I literally just saw peanuts sitting in a glass Coke bottle uh, from a buddy. He Snapchatted me it actually recently. Never knew it was a thing before. Oh, so that's for some, real. That's somebody's right. gonna have to. I mean, like, how does peanuts go into Coke come about? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Richie, there's a bottle opener right over there on top of that refrigerator. So you'll just you'll just put you a handful of peanuts, let them just drop down in the coke, and you'll just drink and eat them at the same time. It's a really really a great flavor. That man's opened a beer too, right there. You can see that. Yeah. He's like a bartender. <laughs> yeah, down he's opened a beer. Thank you, Richie. We'll be, make sure we give you a tip <laughs> when we get finished here. That's good. Yeah, so you just right. drop them in there. Just like that. That's it. Yeah, when, yeah. when you guys get some uh, less educated guests, you should give them Mentos. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. That'd be all blow up. I hadn't done that yet. <laughs> Seen a lot on the internet. but Bobby, that's awfully nice of you to continue this experience for them. <laughs> yeah, well, we want y'all to enjoy this, your, your time here. And yeah, well, look, y'all, if I forget it, y'all watch out for snakes while you're down there <laughs> in the next few days. So. But look, uh, guys, uh, let, let's circle back. Uh, any blood on the biologic going on with you, Dudley? Anything you need to touch base? Well, with? Uh, other than little Dud getting his, I, I, you know, seasons winding down. I'm, I'm not seeing as much activity. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. It's over here, but we got another ten days in Alabama. Was it closed on the tenth in Alabama? It right? does, February 10th. February That's right. 10th, yeah, it's so. one of the few places left in the country that's still going on. So. Kind of winding on it. Everybody in Mississippi is licking their wounds, cleaning their gear up. And, you know, we do have youth waterfowl season this weekend. So I think a couple people are going to hit that. And then it's uh, on to the spring focus. And I noticed Hayden walking through here a couple of days ago looking at the turkey mounts now. Yeah. So is he kind of moving on? We've from- had to have a little counseling, you know. Once, <laughs> once deer season's been over with, he's had his lip hung out just a little bit. But... Uh, he had a, a pretty, you know, pretty adventurous and, and successful deer season. So it was funny. The last day of the season, uh, I couldn't. He, he didn't want to leave. And I'm like, dude, we we gotta go. So, and of course, the good thing is, after this week, you only have four weeks till uh, we're chasing turkeys again. So that's right. Back in the south. That's awesome. Well, I'm worried about youth season starting so much earlier than regular season. I just don't want Hayden to yeah. shoot them all. Oh, that's right. You know, I, we're really excited about Alabama youth opener. You know. <laughs> 
We'll give you a good report from the dummy line. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, I need to find me a youth is what I need to find. Your so. youth is too old. Bro. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if Hayden kills the allotment of turkeys, is, is Lanny going to get to kill any over there? No, no. It'll, that, that comes straight That'll out of it. Lanny's allotment. Hey, I'm so. fine with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, one thing I want to make sure that we point out, uh, uh, and, and I'll forget if I don't go ahead and say it now, but I saw on social media where, where Travis T-Bone has uh, announced that he's I mean, he's been going through cancer for a while. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I just saw that. I just well, I know we all feel the same way. He's, he's, yeah, he's a great guy. No a lot of fun. So we just want, I just wanted to say that we're the thinking awesome about him, praying about him. him. No doubt about it. Yeah, so I just saw that today. Maybe it's been a few out a few days. I don't no, know. No, it's pretty new. He yeah. He's today. he's known for a while apparently. Mm. Yeah. You know, so his inner circle is known about it, but well, thanks well, for sure. that up. Well, so somebody pass that this along. We're thinking about him, praying about him and and, and wishing him the best. So, well, look, what the next thing I've got for us, we got a young man named Colby Upton that lives in this area that has just recently within the last couple of days the last couple of weeks, killed a 170-inch whitetail. In Mississippi. In Mississippi. Free range. So, yeah. So I wanted to get him on the – look, we're not going to take any time away from you guys. We're going to get right to y'all. But I just had a couple of questions I wanted to ask him, and I'm sure y'all – how many times have you ever seen a 170-inch whitetail? I can count on one hand yeah, the times. in person. I mean, we, we see it on TV a good bit, but uh, when, when it's – On the know, hoof, it's few and far between. Somebody that's – Got a hundred and something acres down the road, uh, and they kill a one seventy. It's it's a big deal. It's a big, it's a big deal. Huge. Big yeah. Live, Bob. Hey, Hello, Colby. Hey. Hey, this is Bobby Cole. How you doing? Good. Good. How are you? Oh, uh, well, we're doing good. I got I got a big crowd here. We got Dudley sitting here. We got Lanny Wallace. We got uh, the, we've got some guests from Onyx. We've got Jared Larson, Andrew Willard, and Todd Williams. They're all here, and and guess what? They're going to give you. They they are going to give you a subscription, a one year subscription to Onyx. So you've already made money on this phone call. Not like you killed a one seventy. <laughs> oh, wow. You're also getting a free subscription to Onyx. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Well, thank y'all. Really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Well, so look, we, we have heard about this great deer that you killed, and, and, and you're from the Golden Triangle area uh, right in, around here. Does he know here. Mac? He knows Mac. That's oh. how we, we got up with him. Mac knows everybody, yeah. doesn't he? And, uh, and look, we saw a picture. You killed a deer that it looks to me—we hate to reduce everything down to inches, but that's just one way to tell how big something is. But it was 170-inch or more— Buck, and we just kind of wanted to hear the story, if you don't mind. Okay, yeah, uh, sure. Uh, well, this, uh, so I'm hunting with my cousin Michael, his place. Uh, we're in Knoxville County, and uh, I grew up hunting Knoxville County my whole life, so, you know, still hunting down there all the time. But uh, anyway, we the deer popped up on camera in the uh, middle of December. You know, we... Uh, didn't know what you know where he came from or what deer it was. We were trying to piece it together and just popped on camera. I knew we knew he was a a good deer. We could make out probably on eleven, twelve points for sure. So uh, you know he was he was on camera a couple of days prior before we checked it. So I ended up uh, hunting him one time before Christmas. It was a a good day, cold weather, good good weather day. But end up. Uh, you know, no luck on that day, and you know we went. I don't know around Christmas time to New Year's, just hot weather and just not really good hunting weather, you know. And so uh, roll into January, and we'll go back 
the first weekend in January, I believe it was the uh, January 7th, and uh, go down there, and uh, we're both hunting the buck. We decided, you know, we need to probably, you know, get him pretty quickly, you know, and uh, finally some good weather comes in. So, uh, anyway, we get out there, saw a lot of deer that afternoon, end up getting off. We didn't see him, and I'm waiting on my, my Michael to get back to the truck. He shows up about an hour after dark, and I was, you know, wondering where you been. And he said, uh, "Well, the, the the deer came out right at dark, and, and he can make out his, his rack. He can make him out. Couldn't see his body. He was still in the woods, and, and uh, mm. so he right at dark. You know, he could see the rack, but the deer ended up coming right to him after dark, and you know, he got about 80, 100 yards away, so he just taking his time getting down, didn't want to spook him. But uh, go the next day, you know, no luck, didn't see him. So I guess we roll into the next weekend. And uh, it was actually one buck I was really after as a nine-point, and he was a good mature buck that I've seen once and uh, had my mind made up on him. And, you know, I said, this would be a good buck to, to finish off the year with, you know. And, and so go back next weekend and end up, First afternoon, we uh, the nine point was out there. We were late getting off from work and getting down there. You know, didn't wasn't able to make the stand. wasn't able to put a shot on the nine point. So remember, we had a lot of rain that come in that Saturday morning and rain throughout all day Saturday. And we get up Sunday morning, still raining pretty pretty good bit. And uh, we decided, you know, to wait a couple hours. We go in. We go in about eight thirty. And we're gonna we're gonna sit the midday, and then go come out and go right back and get out there. And I end up sitting all day. That you know that front was pushing through, and I figured this kind of with this rain and stuff winding down, I, I figured this, these deer would probably start moving pretty uh, pretty soon. So I end up staying staying all day from about eight forty five or so to dark, and uh, had a lot of deer start pouring out about four o'clock, and had some does out there, and he he finally busted out probably right at five o'clock i would say he was out trailing some does and uh, i guess i first saw him I, I i knew it was him i didn't have to you know throw my binoculars up and i knew i, I threw him up you know after and looked at him briefly but I, I thought i gotta i can't just stay here and look at him the whole time i gotta figure out you know get ready to shoot him you know i, I somehow i don't know how i kept my composure i, I know i was shaking it was cold and I, I I do have a bad case of uh, buck fever, but <laughs> we all uh, do. We all yeah, went a one seventy. Yeah, getting nervous. But anyway, I had to wait about ten minutes. I guess I kind of finally calmed down, you know. And and he presented me a shot, and you know I was able to to uh, you know take him right there. So uh, you know, just a tremendous deer. But, How far was he? Uh, he ended up he ended up coming about one hundred and twenty yards, uh, probably right in there. And, uh, you know, I had to wait, but he was just kept pushing his doe and I just wasn't, he wouldn't really, you know, stay still and the doe kept on coming towards me. So I just said, I just want to let him come, you know, especially how bad the wind was. It was probably, I don't know, 18, 20 miles an hour. So, uh, you know, I just didn't want to take a, a bad shot. So I, I just kept, you know, patiently waited and. Like that 120 yard shot, I, I couldn't ask for anything better, you know. Oh, so what was it like when you first laid eyes on him? <laughs> well, I know uh, 
like Michael, uh, he he came across when he got down. He was he said he came to me and he was he said man I just got emotional and I was I mean, we were pumped up. I you know we got to him. I, I think we were really under uh, underestimating the deer. He was mm-hmm. uh, a whole lot bigger than we expected. We kind of just started counting points because he had on uh, his G twos. He had like three kickers that were on the side. You really couldn't make out on uh, on on trail down pictures. And, uh, so we got up to him and realized he was, uh, you know, 19 points and we just couldn't, we honestly just couldn't believe it. But, uh, we were, we were so excited, just took in the moment, you know, and chest bump, fist bumping and, you know, just so excited. Just oh, couldn't, yeah. you know. So he was awesome. proud, not jealous, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> the type of person that, uh, he wanted me, uh, I've been, we've been hunting together for probably the last five, six years and. He wanted me to kill a buck with him down there, and that was his goal this year. And it turned out to be this big one. But my gosh, you got a good one! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so, thank him a lot. Like I said, he was—he's was probably more pumped up than I was. He's not somebody who would be jealous or anything like that. So it was. Uh, you I know, think awesome that's the way there. Bobby would be for me, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's getting green just thinking about it. <laughs> I'm jealous of this yeah, guy. Yeah, this guy. Exactly right. <laughs> what did the deer weigh? Man, it, a deer didn't weigh much. It, he had a, 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 a fairly small body. Uh, I kind of had a little concern with me. There's questions, you know. So, uh, I mean, he was easy to throw up on the four-wheel. I, I wouldn't say he was uh, – I wouldn't say he was over 150 pounds. So, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he's just been, you know, running pretty crazy. Like, this area for hunting is, you know, wasn't really a surprise for a big buck to come through there because – I mean, last year, I think there was probably like two 160s that were killed about two miles from where we were hunting. So it's usually every year, you know, you have a buck that pops up middle of the year that you haven't seen, you've been watching. And uh, so that's why we weren't really sure, like, what buck this was or what he blow into from, from the year before. But I don't know. I don't know if he just traveled a long ways or, you know, I think I really think he was, a you know, up in age, too. So, and I think that had a lot of effect with his body. and. You know, especially with the rut, you know, middle of the rut or end of the rut, his body was uh, pretty worn down. Pretty run down. So how old do you think he was? I, I want to say he was at least five and a half, but I, I'm going to say six and a half. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, we yeah. kind of looked at his, uh, you know, his teeth when we had him out there, and they looked they look pretty dark in the, you know, in the bottom, in the back. So I, that's what we're going to get his uh, jawbone back, you know, find out for sure. But With 170 good. inches of horn yeah. on his head and 150 pounds, he really looked big. <laughs> yeah, he did. Oh my goodness! I could. That's awesome. Well, Kobe, we're real yeah, proud for you. Congratulations, no doubt about it. That's a that's a heck of a deer anywhere, especially uh, in Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. Uh, like I said, uh, hunt down here all the time, and being able to do it, you know, place I grew up hunting. That's uh, pretty special, I would say. I've been, you know, all you know, I've all, I've killed some good deer, one forties and low one fifties, but you know over the hump this really got me over the hump you know and that's uh i just didn't think it would always you know happen this you know young of age i guess pretty uh pretty awesome yeah that's really cool yeah you might as well go ahead and retire (laughs) start crappie fishing (laughs) well look we're gonna make sure we'll get with mac and make sure you get a code so that you can get a a subscription to this onyx and uh and And look drop us a pen where you killed that thing that's that's why we're giving this to you yeah Yeah. just let us know and if you need any help coming up down there this spring we'll be glad to to help you always uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can do that. <laughs> All right, Kobe. Well, thank you for being on here. Yeah, congratulations, oh, buddy. Great story. Well, awesome. For having me, and I really appreciate it. It means a lot. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you. Yep. Well, you are jealous, Bobby. I can tell. I can just look at it. it I mean, they go pretty deep. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm happy I don't for see him. how so you. The mainframe 10 with kickers, is that what I, You know, I really couldn't tell from the photo. It looked very typical, but mm-hmm. it obviously had a lot of kickers and yeah. stuff going on. Hey, this is Toxie Hayes with Mossy Oak. You know, hunting and fishing, gamekeeping, and taking care of the land with my family is my life. And I'll be honest with you, the one app that I'm on every day and use more than anything is on X. It literally has changed my life from property ownership to roads, everything to do with understanding the land better. I even use it to plot acreages all the time. Every function I could dream of, use coupon code MOSSYO to save 20% on your next OnX subscription. Trust me, you'll be so glad you did. Would y'all take the the pork rinds away from Todd? He is going to eat them all. I started to open them, and I was like, man, I'm just, the whole podcast. He's going to steep the whole box. So let's shift the conversation. Let's go to Onyx is something we all use. Toxie stays on that app all the time. If you ask him, he does Lanny, why don't you start? What what questions have you you got? I I have to admit to y'all, and you can ask anybody around here, I, I, I spent many years of my life uh, researching and looking at public land. I spent a lot of time, grew up hunting public land, and, you know, it took me decades, seriously, 10, 15 years of researching to understand, you know, how to go, where to go. Uh, and it was it was it was my brain trust and how I, and then y'all ruined it all. I mean, seriously, just that quick came in and ruined it all. So I, I say that all the time because I used to right, talk to McElwain all the time because I'd be out there on the public land and he'd show up right where I was. I'm like, how the hell did you get? Here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, but I will say it it was it's been a revolutionary tool. It's probably been. Uh, from my experience, I've been in this industry almost 30 years now. Uh, you know, you talk about how technology affects, affects um, industries. It has been had the most phenomenal effect from a consumer perspective on uh, the consumptive sports and anything I've ever seen in a quicker amount of time. So congrats to you. I bashed you for a couple years. I'm on the train now. So oh, man, I'm yeah. trying to find out where McElwain is all his stuff. Is. <laughs> I mean, well, I don't know. About 20 years ago, I bought one of those handheld GPS and was, yeah. uh, was trying to use Use it, and I went out to our local uh, public land and uh, got lost. Yeah, but you know, before that, I've I've done compass and pacing. I can triangulate. I can read a map. Um, so I I can get out of the woods if I've got a map and a compass. But it's it's just something about like I can just if I've got my phone and I've got my little backup battery, and then I always keep a, a backup map and compass just in case. But I mean, I can just get out of my truck and start walking yeah. and not really think about whether I'm going north or south or stay in this drainage or whatever, you know, so you can get back. I mean, yeah, I can, no, you can it's get just back. free reign. It is. It's an incredible tool. So. Well, we're talking. We, we, you got, what are, tell us what's uh, what's what's going on with Onyx right now. What's the hot new thing? What are y'all working on? The, I, I know there's some layers that we're excited about. Somebody's got to talk now. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple cool things we have going on. Uh, you know, we were sitting with Toxie yesterday afternoon. He was e scouting where 
uh, our hunting spot for the afternoon and breaking it down for us. And one of the fun things we've been looking at is uh, being able to see wind direction mm-hmm. and speed for different places you're hunting. So Toxie was breaking down his property for us and looking at like, hey, like, you know, we have a southeast wind moving this direction. So you guys are going to have to approach the the blind from this angle, you know, today, whereas this morning you approached it, you know, from, from the other wind. side. And mm-hmm. so just simple things like that, I feel like have, have been really helpful for us to, to be able to just break down a property in, in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just within the app. I mean, out, outside of that, we've, um, as a company, done a lot, um, especially in, in partnership with you all, starting to look at different ways to instill our customer base with education and knowledge, right? And I we always feel like the the you all, the gamekeeper team has really spent a lot of effort in how to manage your land over a lifetime. And so it, for us, it's not just about how do you use Onyx to hunt today? It's like, how do you use that as a gamekeeper to hunt over the next 20 years, right? And, and construct and architect your property to, to be successful mm-hmm. continually, not just, just one season at a time. Yeah. Well, it, and it's got so many different features that right. are available to help a guy. So being able to look and see who your neighbors are oh, yeah. and, and right where that property line is, I mean, you can walk right, well, this is it right here. Mm-hmm. And it's a remarkably accurate. It really is. And then, but to, to know, okay, well, that she owns that. I didn't know. Who, it's all right there. And I assume that updates pretty frequently for, uh, once a year at least maybe yeah i mean we have a fully dedicated uh gis staff that i mean they're ca- contacting each and every county uh throughout the united states and uh this past year we updated every single county in the u.s at least one time um and then we even get to you know some states multiple times a year with land ownership updates that is huge yeah. Just speaking from working with those county offices before in the past. That's oh a huge gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean that's that's our bread and butter, right? right. Is is those those land ownership boundaries, land ownership information. Um it, it gives you the ability to hunt anywhere in the country with absolute confidence. You know exactly where you're standing at all times. You know whose property you want, you're you're on. Um, it's never a, a guessing game. You know, I think we've all been there at some point in time before the Onyx Hunt app, where you're looking over your shoulder, or you come to this old fence row, and you're like, "Does this really mean anything?" Um, and if you have if you have a smartphone in your pocket and, and a spare thirty bucks. Um, you can, find you, out. you can know yeah. exactly what property oh, you're on at all times. Oh, it's worth that for sure. I mean, it's it, cheaper than a half a tank of gas today, yeah. you know, box of shells, you name it. It's, well, and, uh, the, and the value of being able to get it right there in the field, you know, where we used to, we would go back home and get on the computer and call the core office and start looking and, you know, trying to figure out all that stuff. So the I convenience watched, is unbelievable. I, just recently, I watched Lanny and some of his folks with him. There, there's a property in Macon. That they kind of uh, well okay maybe maybe it didn't maybe it didn't make it it's, you know but uh, but they took the onyx and, and kind of refurbished that property moved yeah. some stands and whatnot marked all the and, roads and then had some they had kids that were helping it was a great little father son little project but the I think the kids got excited about marking so anyway there's this map and I'm trying to figure out how to get it from Lanny over on <laughs> my phone but I hadn't figured that out yet not gonna happen but but <laughs> but when I saw it I mean I was like oh my god because it just showed everything showed where all of his he's got a bunch of feeders and all that kind of stuff so it just showed where all of it was learn from the best but it was just remarkable what he could map and it's an incredible tool it really is 
Yeah. I mean, even from, a, you know, a, the bread and butter, obviously, starting in, in Montana, of course, was, was, again, those public and private land boundaries. But, um, you know, as we've matured as a, co- as a company, the, the Whitetail Woods is, is the primary hunting ground for so much of the country. And oh, no doubt about that. We've really worked to cater the app to, to Whitetail hunters and, and gamekeepers that, as Andrew alluded to, are, are managing their property for years, decades, not necessarily just tomorrow morning's hunt. So mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm glad Lanny's marking it up and uh, <laughs> making the boys jealous. Yeah. Well, Dudley, you had a question? Well, I, I was just going to say it, it works in different ways, but equally as well on, on both public and private. No question. Mm-hmm. I kind of have different habits, you know, when I'm on my family private land versus using it for public. Uh, it's funny, I'll, I'll lay in bed the night before and kind of pick an area, look at the weather and figure out where I want to go. And it seems like every time, I'm, uh, especially public, I'm on my way. I, it's like I'll pull over on the side of the road and start looking again and just completely change my game. Plan. <laughs> yeah. And then and then go to this new spot because I, I happen to find something where I think, you know, the thermals look good. Here's some cover. Here's my way in. It just... It saved me, and, and being as ADD as I am, everybody knows that. They it's, do now. It <laughs> saves, saves me so much time uh, planning, and it, and it keeps me focused on, on the hunt itself and, and getting where I need to be. Hey, and land management, you know, the area management tool, I use it all the time. You know, whether you're spreading fertilizer, putting seed out, burning, wind direction, I mean, whatever you happen to be, it, it's, a, it's a hell of a tool. There's no question about it. So the one thing that I've noticed about the, the, the app that, that is worth the price of admission for this alone to me, but I heard a story about a guy who shot a deer, lost it in some, it was rain, big deer. He he thought he was looking in the right area and he had that tracker feature on. And when he, and, and then he realized, ah, you know what? I'm not looking over here. I, and that's where the deer was. But by being able to see what ground he covered, he was able to, Alleviate and, and, and by just just. I was going to bring that. Up. Yeah, I mean, great search. Yeah, you yeah. find one deer, that's that's just worth it. The track I mean, feature two, is the past two days using it. Yeah, um, and it's we could probably sit here and come up with thousands, thirty examples. Um, you know, turkey season's coming up, and what I love about it is if I hear a turkey off in the distance, I can look at my phone and pretty mm-hmm. much figure out exactly where that thing is. Mm-hmm. And if it's not on me, I can look at, you know, you right know, word across the line. I can, I, mean, I can look at, you know, drainages and say, well, I, I think it's going this way and it may end up on me in an hour or two. That's right. And, and if, and if I don't hear anything gobbling elsewhere, I'll go to that spot and wait it out. I mean, I, everything from finding, uh, you know, finding a, that swamp chestnut oak flat that drops like crazy. And then uh, I can mark it and then make a note that it dropped really heavily in 2021. Chances are it's not going to drop heavily again the next year. But, yeah, just stuff like that. You can you can make little notes and use deductive reasoning. Uh, it, I don't know. It's, it's really easy to, you know, be, be out in the woods and think you're going to remember – Yep. You know, the exact oak tree that, that was Never dropping forget that crop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and then, I, you know, the next time you're on that chunk of ground, you're like, where was that freaking oak tree? Right. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. and yeah, I mean, if, if you just spend the three seconds it takes to throw a note on a waypoint, it's it, you're able to build history of everywhere you've ever hunted and just be a lot more efficient in the field. 
It's just like, uh, you know, when I discovered that there's a calendar on an iPhone where you can leave notes and, and set an alarm to remind you for something. It's like I can... I can look at my own ex and see what I did at that exact time the year before. Um, you know, there may be some feed tree that's hot. You know, I've already mentioned that, but there's just so many, so many things. I uh, drop, I drop waypoints on where I, when I'm looking at an area and I'm like, oh, I haven't been right there. I drop a waypoint on it to be sure I get back you yeah. know, from the topography. So what about these layers? Now, the, there's one with the, the oak trees, the mast layer. Is that right? Yeah, so I mean that's a, a pretty new layer for us. Um, it's categorized as tree species and habitat maps, uh, and so that is a, a fairly new layer. We just launched it this past fall, um, and it's actually a a folder of layers. There's seven different individual layers within that layer system uh, that tell you all about the tree species um, and habitat types in a particular area. Uh, and so it has a layer of deciduous versus coniferous, uh, deciduous, which you can break down the layer settings and just look for oak hickory, um, just look for maple or ash or whatever type of tree species that you're after. Um, there's going to be a layer in there. And then obviously the, the most prominent layer is um, acorn producing oaks. So if you're after mature oaks, be it white oaks, red oaks, mixed oaks, um, that is now a layer within the Onyx Hunt app that, that you can add. Um, and it's all measured in a 30 yard by 30 yard pixel is how it's broken down. And so in each pixel, it's telling you the predominant tree species. So if it's telling you that there's white oaks there, yeah, there might be some other trees mixed in, but predominantly, you know, that area is going to have white oak trees. So it's just a great tool to use at a high level to kind of hone into, you know, whether it be a mast crop or, um, you know, a certain type of tree or shrub that, that you really find to be a great bedding area just cuts down on the amount of time that you have to spend boots on the ground finding, finding those hot spots. Yeah, there, there's some really interesting stuff on all those layers. Um, one thing I like to do, uh, you know, you can look at that. I mean, this is just an example, but uh, the acorn-producing oaks. Um, then you can, you can find an area with acorn-producing oaks and then look for cover nearby. Um, and, you know, just using it to narrow things down. I mean, you, you may be in a huge area of acorn-producing oaks, but you can combine that with cover, and maybe some kind of drainage that hooks up to it and, and figure out how to get in there without getting smelled. Um, uh, the, the conifer versus deciduous, um, you know, that's edge habitat. So you can look at your conifers where they line up with deciduous and know that you've got an edge that you need to go check out, see if there's a, a good trail going down that edge. Um, the rut map layer, um, Hunting on public around here this year, you know, uh, just in like a 50-mile area where I hunt, um, the rut peak may be a difference of about three weeks. And so if I think that they may be locked down in one area, I can move 20 miles to the west on that rut map and still find some chasing. That's right. It's a neat thing, especially in the deep south in uh, areas where, where deer needed to be repopulated and we brought deer in from different areas of the country. Yeah. And they have maintained those same general rut 
tendencies as far as the peak rut is concerned for all of these decades. And so that's why we have the opportunity to be able to have properties within 60 miles of one another. And that honestly just extends our opportunity to hunt the rut in the deep south, which is a great thing. But you can see that really clearly on that rut map layer. And it's just there. And if you want to make it go away, like if it kind of obstructs your view a little bit, if you're trying to see some detail, just go over there and click it off once you know where you are. Exactly, exactly. Um, I'm, I'm looking at a list here, but like wetland, Wetland, uh, it's yeah. You know, I'm sure yep. they're y'all are using like the old like wetland delineation and putting on that. I mean, wood duck holes. Uh, you know that might be an area that's obviously holding water. You know, like early bow season when it's super dry. You know, right. you can use that to find some some green vegetation. If if you're a really arid region and there's a wetland, gosh, that's that's the first place I'd want to check. I'm using that layer. You know, a lot in in the Midwest. Um, to find bedding cover, you know, a lot of times those swampy habitat edges, um, you know, you'll find mature bucks bedding out and that stuff and yeah, find a good piece of, of food source. We have a crop data layer that we're going to continue to update every single year, uh, pulling in what each over 19 million acres of agriculture um, between 19 different crops. We have that all categorized. So here in the next couple weeks, we're going to get the 2021 crop data layers input into the app. So for spring turkey season, if you're headed on, on an out-of-state trip and, and you're looking to hunt some public ground or find some permission ground, you can find those those egg food sources and know exactly what was planted there this past fall. Um, you know, combine that with the, the tree species and habitat maps, find some mature oaks, potential roost sites. There's there's a lot of different things that you can combine with the Onyx Hunt app that are just going to make you more successful. Along those crop layers, that's another place that we were talking about earlier about using a little bit of deduction. We all know the crops have got to be rotated. And so whatever was planted year prior, then we typically know what will be planted in rotation that next year. So as you're making plans, you can be pretty sure about what's going to be there in the upcoming season. Gotcha. So corn this year is probably going to be beans next year. That's right. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's incredible what this thing can do for thirty dollars a year. Well, and and I think one feature that we haven't mentioned, which boy have we dealt with it all week here in in Alabama, is is the ability to use it with no service. You know, you save a map for offline use. You know, you got to do that at home, but it takes all of two minutes. Um, just download the map that you're going to go to to that area. It's you know it's a ten mile wide by ten mile wide map is kind of the medium resolution. You can go a, a higher resolution or a lower resolution than that and, and cover more or less ground. Um, but if you don't know if you're going to have service, just save a map and you can use every single feature of the Onyx Hunt app seamlessly. Yeah, we tested that in Bankhead uh, trying to find the big tree. Uh, there's a giant poplar tree that is just it, it's hidden in this in this giant rock valley is the best way yeah. to put it. And no service. And we knew going in, we're like, we're not going to have any service. We're going to see if this thing can get us to the tree. Sure enough, boom, right to it. So right. it's awesome. Well, and it's a great feature, um, especially in the, the deep south. We may we may have great service at home, but once we get out in the field. Not at my house. We, well, <laughs> mine either. But <laughs> there are some places that have great service in the south. But having that, and there are that some feature, that don't. that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and, and y'all say, you know, you're downloading them at home. Uh it seems like it's gotten better. Like if I'm on my way and I'm like, oh, I forgot. If you've got, what is it, LTE? Yeah. If you got LTE, even one or two dots, right. it go. might take 10 minutes, but 
but it'll download. Yep. Right. Well, and if you have friends you like, unlike Dudley, you can just share them a waypoint. You yeah. know, yeah. You just tap that that's, waypoint. That's tough around here. Share. Right? share with our friends. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've quickly come to learn that. Yeah, it's dog eat dog world around yeah, here. It's, it's cutthroat down in these parts. Um, yeah. yeah. New cutovers, the, the timber cuts layer. Hey, the CWD layer. I mean, that's huge, dude, to have that kind of information at your fingertips when you're going new places, too. They got all the counties where CWD's found. That's huge for a GameCube. It really is. I didn't know they had that. Looking at it right now. Yep. So I've got one question, and I may be the only person that this applies to, but a lot of times when I'll open it up and I'm looking at the topography map, Sometimes I have to kind of pause and, and say, all right, now am I looking at the bottom of a of, of, in a valley or am I looking at the top? Am I looking up a hill or down Is a there a quick or easy way to know, okay, this is the top of the hill and this is the bottom of the hill? Or am I just kind of just not as smart as I the other? I need to give bear? you a topo line class. Well, I'm not seeing numbers. If I saw numbers and said this is 150 and that was 50, I would right. know what I was looking at. But there's been, there was a time I went and I found a little property for sale. And I told my wife, I said, look, this is 40 acres. And you, we oh, could put a 25-acre lake right here. Look at how this just lays yeah. out. And I drove to look at it. It was exactly opposite. <laughs> 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 we put a nice yeah, big big right there. And I was like, man, I've got to get better at this. I mean, yeah, there's that, a couple ways, you know, that you could do that within the app. I mean, the first is um, you can't, the app does allow you on your phone and it's even better on a, a desktop to visualize what you're seeing in 3D. And that, I mean, it's hard to get more compelling than that in terms of reading the topography and seeing how the, the landscape changes, um, which is just a beautiful experience. Uh, the other way to do it is we do have a layer we introduced called slope angle and it's basically visual topography. So it'll highlight in different colors what the degree of, of, again, like slope is in the landscape from like not steep to super steep. And it's another way without 3D to really quickly say, okay, like here's here's a draw, right? Here's a little bench, here's a pinch point and so forth. Uh, yeah. See what's going on. And lastly, we have a pretty awesome update coming to, to the base map um, look and feel of the Onyx Hunt app that we all have the same frustrations, Bobby. You're looking at it and you're like, all right, well, that line says it's 3,400 you know, feet above sea level, but I'm not seeing another indication for multiple lines. We have an update coming that's going to give you a lot more uh, visual insight you know, on creek names, highway names, uh, you know, topo line elevation measures. Um, it, it's going to be not something that you necessarily like notice as a new feature, but it's just going to make the functionality of the Onyx Hunt app that much better. Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that, it's easy to get tripped up on that that topo thing. Yeah, what, it is. What I found uh, is sounds usually like we, uh, we need to have a Mossy Oak Onyx topo masterclass. What yeah. I what I always do <laughs> yeah. is I just zoom out a little bit. And you can often see like a pond or a creek or something, and then zoom back in, and, and it kind of clarifies, retricks your eyes. Yeah. Okay. Right. And you know, it's pretty flat around here. So, yeah. yeah. It's tough. We're, yeah. Well, yeah. We probably won't like, see any 3,400. <laughs> yeah. That was probably a very <laughs> we want to see example. three feet of That's rain. Like, yeah, well, there's a ridge right um, there. It's three feet tall. Well, that water uh, drops your feet are wet. That means you're on the ridge. <laughs> but, you know, speaking of elevation and, and looking at this, the topo lines, um, something I do a lot. Uh, uh, that's not really in the hunting realm, but I'm I'm hunt, I'm foraging. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like me and Sam and Vandy like to like to do the foraging thing. Lanny, um, I can if I can find like for example morels. That's a big deal uh, all over the country, Canada too. Um, you can 
find a morel spot, mark it with a waypoint, but you can also say, okay, so this is a the bottom of a north-facing slope, and it's at about this elevation or on this line. And then you can just zoom out a little bit and follow those lines around until you find another north-facing slope at that same elevation. You can even use your tree layers to find different species of trees, like in my neck of the woods, sycamores are a great place to start. And uh, so, uh, but like it may be cottonwoods in your area, and you can look that up and again, do some deductive reasoning and narrow down the places to go um, to check. Um, and I do that with oaks too. Like if I find a northern red oak or a scarlet oak that's dropping really good on, a, on an upland site, I'll make a note of the aspect it's facing. So it may be in a cove facing southeast. Um, I'll go look for some more southeast-facing coves at that same elevation. And more often than not, you can find that same species of oak that's dropping. And it may not be dropping that year if it's facing northeast. Maybe a late frost or something got it. So that's a, another good tool I use. So what are we not asking, guys? What, what, tell us, are there, is there features that y'all are, are wanting to tell us about? That we're... Well, one thing I think that we, um, in the, the South in particular, where we've got smaller blocks of, of ground, I know that uh, you know, National Deer Alliance said 15 or 20 years ago the average number of acres for the, the folks that were members of NDA was about 320 acres. The last 20 years, that's gone down. The average member has about 80 acres that they're managing. Well, in that case, it's really hard to, to do a tremendous amount to manage whitetails on 80 acres. But because you've got landowner information now, we can get to know our neighbors. And, mm -hmm. and instead of competing against them, to be able to communicate with those folks and try to build some community work Maybe we can can get on the same page and, and manage a bigger piece of ground together as opposed to a, a small small tract of land. That's right. Build some cooperation amongst everybody, mm -hmm. um, which is we are everybody's competitive, right? We, we're probably not going to show every picture of every big deer that we've we've got on camera, but we can still communicate <laughs> about maybe some management strategies that we can we can all share in. Y'all don't shoot this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is only no shoot list. <laughs> and I, I would say my pitch is, you know, we got spring turkey season coming up here, and I would argue that there is not a a species that aligns better as far as using the hunt app to your advantage to help you become more successful in the field between like Dudley said, pinpointing exactly where that bird gobbled from. You can pull out the line distance tool and, and measure the distance between you and that gobbler to figure out, okay, you know, he's 230 yards away. I can close the gap by by 60 to 80 yards here and get inside of his bubble. Um, or just, you know, using the topography to your advantage. You hear a bird gobble and just make sure you're, you're going to get above him. Um, but we have a seven-day risk-free trial. You download the Onyx Hunt app, create an account with an email and a password, and, and you got the keys to the car. Uh, for seven days, so put it put it to work when you're out there chasing spring gobblers and see what it's all about. You'll be hooked. Yeah, you will. <laughs> yeah, that's just, it's no pun. No pun <laughs> intended. Yeah, and you know, uh, fishermen are probably getting as much use out of this as well. I, I would think marking crappie holes and where they caught. That's right, small craft fishermen especially. Um, when you don't really have the the technology on your boat to to take back home or to use in a a different format as far as an app is concerned, 
to be able to whip out your phone while you're fishing and, and mark certain things, even that you're seeing on your depth finder, you're seeing the, the right kind of cover that's mm-hmm. mixed with the right kind of structure. And you know that those fish are going to be there depending on what water levels are. And you can leave notes inside those waypoints just like you do when you're deer or turkey hunting. Yeah. I mean, shoot, on on the set this morning, Jess was breaking down where he, he drops waypoints on all of his catfish lines. Oh, us. I know. Those are in my spots. Yeah. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Uh-huh. He's going to share them over, but... I can show you exactly where his catfish spots <laughs> yeah, I mean, are. just as powerful, right, when you're you're dropping lines in the water? No, it's it's a huge tool for that, and we catfish a lot, so especially when we find those mulberry trees. There you go. Get on them. Speaking of mulberry <laughs> trees, don't you have an Ask Dudley that's along those same lines today? I do have an Ask Dudley. Let's see if I can make this thing work. You have one new message, and you have one saved message. <laughs> Hey, this is a deer killer down here in North Florida. Oh, sorry, I didn't get up. We earlier, I've been busy deer hunting. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing again. And uh, I was catching some catfish in the pond last year. And a lot of them were loaded down with mulberries, which kind of shocked. I mean, their bellies were just fat with them. And I was just wondering if there was anything else I'd make play around my ponds that catfish would eat, maybe the brim. Uh, you know, what any kind of food creams y'all may have. But uh, he'll like, give me a holler when you get a chance. Thank you. Bye. Well, that's different. That's, a, that's an interesting question. All right. So Gary's one of my customer buddies that I met years ago, and uh, we've just kept in touch. He'll, he sends me deer pictures and stuff all the time, and we've just gotten to be buddies. He's been planting our trees since day one. And uh, he's an incredible fisherman. He fishes his local area. Um, right now is sucker season. He's been wearing out the suckers. And uh, but anyway, uh, is that a drum? Uh, it's a sucker. Mm. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, um, Gary, that's really cool. And I've done some research. Uh, Honestly, I'd never heard of that until you'd mentioned it, but um, I actually just did some Googling and looking at old forums and things, catfishing forums and such, and uh, it seems like that is a thing. Um, and so some, some other stuff I found that deer eat on when they, I mean deer, that catfish eat on when they fall out of a tree are muscadines, black cherries, mm. uh, black gum. And then I know it's not a fruit, uh, but uh, catalpa. Uh, when you plant catalpas worms, yeah. on the edge of your pond, and you can either collect the the. Uh, it's not really a worm; it's a larvae, but you can collect those to fish with, or your fish can just eat them. Um, uh, I read that people have caught fish full of persimmons, so I don't know. That's just kind of a weird twist of planting fruit trees, but. I'm all in. Oh, that's, that's super cool. And then, you know, oaks make a great shade tree, but they also howl, and I've, I've hit on this before, but they house more insects mm-hmm. than just about any other genus of trees. And so, you know, you got worms and stuff falling out of your oak trees, you're feeding your fish for free. So Those catawba worms would be my choice. Yeah. No doubt but about it. We sell several catawba trees. Boy, a catfish loves a catawba worm. Well, what I want to know is, is do these catfish taste significantly better? 
given their mulberry diet. Oh, look, yeah, we got some of the best tasting catfish there is. Okay. <laughs> Probably flathead is what you want. Yeah, uh, yeah flathead. We, that's what if you we hear Jess talking about. That's what he's talking about. It's a flathead. Yeah, don't turn down any flathead catfish. So. New. Well, guys, well, Dudley, thank you. That was a good question. That was a great yeah, one. I, I like how you changed that up. You'll be sending that guy, your buddy. You'll be sending him a little package. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so good. Well, look, let's go back to the Onyx guys. They need to go hunting. We, we need to get them out of here. So is there if, is there anything else y'all need to point out? Or what, is there a – how do they – where do they go get this app, I guess, will be the thing. Yeah, uh, you can get the Onyx Hunt app um, at our website, www.onyxmaps.com. And if you use promo code Mossy Oak, that's going to save you 20% off your subscription. Um, so make sure that you go to onyxmaps.com. And if you're interested in, in purchasing a Hunt app membership, use code Mossy Oak, save yourself 20%. And uh, yeah, put that into your gas fund to go chase more gobbles. There you go. Wow. Also, stay tuned. Uh, this year, we've teamed up with the Gamekeeper crew, and we're doing, for our elite members, some exclusive content and in-the-field work and insight and expertise on tree species and food plots. And we actually have a, I think we've got some some cool turkey stuff coming with you all in the next oh, month yeah. or so, so. No doubt about it. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. We're, look, we're, I can't emphasize enough how big of fans we are of the product. And, and now it's great to meet you guys now and see some of the guys behind the product. We've seen – Todd's been around a number right. of times. I think he likes to come up here and eat. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. Well, but if uh, – It's been great. Yeah, oh if Vandy's cooking, I'm in. Yeah. yeah. I have to say, we were lured down here and told that we would be eating meat, cheese, and a potato. Yeah. A singular potato, and then we show up at camp, and it's a five-star meal. Yeah. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop. Usually come out of hunting camp losing weight. Not around here. Not around here. Not around here. Well, we should appreciate you guys having us on and, and appreciate the partnership with, with Mossy Oak and, and the Gamekeeper crew. We're uh, we're stoked to be a part of it and, and hope to continue it for many, many years. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it, too. It's, we're looking forward to it. It's a great, great relationship. We do, too. The thing that I'm most impressed about is you guys look very authentic. <laughs> Before this thing started, we've been talking about deer hunting, and, and, and you guys – you're, you don't just work for the company and you have to do – you really are deer hunters. Mm-hmm. Y'all are really into it, That's and that, that impresses me. I like to spend as few days as possible at the office between <laughs> October 1 and January. Well, I was worried that we were going – I mean, this thing is so technical – I was thinking there was going to be some, like, computer-type people. <laughs> but, you know, I don't get that vibe from y'all at all, to be honest with you. Well, they, they are a lot younger than you are, Bobby. So, Well, a lot of people are, definitely. Yes, yeah. By nature, yes. they're more technical than you are. Yeah. Well, uh, so I've gotten to where I can attach an attachment to an email That's in right. the last little <laughs> yes. bit, so we're making making progress. But we have enjoyed having y'all. I want to make sure, is there anything else you guys want to point out? Any... any uh, Anything else? You guys have some cool deer down here. Oh, thank you. Well, we do. And uh, be careful which one you shoot. <laughs> Especially <laughs> on Toxie's place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and you y'all told watch us out. so long as we're willing to spend $600 to put it in infamy on our walls, yeah, we can shoot no, away. You're right. So. That's exactly. That's, that'll always get you out of it right yeah. there. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, we'll, well y'all on. be careful, and, and if you see any pigs, wild pigs, be sure you— Please shoot them. Keep knocking shoot them down. Those. <laughs> Watch out. There's liable to be some some snakes out there now. Right. You never know. Never Isn't know. Isn't that right, Todd? Absolutely. Even this time of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's been fun having y'all. Thank y'all for all you do y'all for, being the, here. for the industry and, and our working relationship, and we're, we're just really proud to be associated with you guys. Be sure you take our your— your little treats. Oh, we're there. taking our taking snacks. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then we've got, I've got some, uh, some uh, levy slings that we'll be sending each one of you guys. So for, yeah, for being here. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So everything's working Parting out good. good so. Yeah. <laughs> well, Thank why don't you, you say us. goodbye, Dudley? Goodbye, Dudley. Get us out of here, Richie. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast. And be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine and don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.